Let's go. All right, everybody. Good evening. This is Jeff Sintel, DogNation.com. It may be rainy outside, but the recruiting show must go on. Um, this is our regular Wednesday night edition of Before the Hedges. Hello to everybody out there on Facebook. Hello to everybody out there on YouTube. Thanks to everybody for joining in. I want to know how uh, how much precipitation has came in your part of the world today for our folks that are in uh, the panhandle of Florida and in the path of Hurricane Sally and all those pretty much gully washer rains. Uh, we certainly sympathize with what's going on. It was kind of crazy seeing what's going on in Pensacola and all those live images from earlier today. But the matter of the hour right now is recruiting here on dognation.com every Wednesday. Um, that will give us a chance. Really, we're going to start the program off. We've got a really good interview with Marquise Groves Killebrew uh, of Brookwood High School. That's kind of like the Pied Piper, the Richard LeCount type of the 2021, 2022, excuse me, class. Uh, MGK is certainly um, certainly putting in, <laughs> certainly putting in work. Uh, for the 2022 class, but I want to know, um, I want to make sure you guys know about the big recruiting story that maybe just dropped about an hour ago. We got to touch on that. It has radically and now effectively wiped out all in-season recruiting for the 2021 class. What happened today? Well, that's the NCAA has extended its legislative council has extended its dead period, which means there will be no in-person, on-campus, off-campus recruiting at all this season until January the 1st. That's the latest extension. It takes everybody all the way out of their, out of their regular seasons. Um, an interesting caveat, uh, or I would call it a stipulation to the rule, you had to click through for the latest legislation. But there's also an emergency uh, stipulation, I'll call it, which would also, and I want to make sure I read this verbatim here uh, to get this correct. Um, it, basically, what it does is it eliminates um, what had been seen as what folks were trying to do um, in terms of games this fall, recruits in the building. Um, the Division One Council extended the recruiting dead period through January the 1st. The council has been reviewing this dead period on a regular basis. Now, listen to this. A dead period precludes all in-person recruiting. Of course, phone calls, correspondence, DMs, social media, uh, text messages, especially for the 2021 class, and now the 2022 class as of September the 1st. All of that can continue to occur. But listen to this, folks. Lean in real close. Members also adopted emergency legislation prohibiting schools from giving complimentary game tickets to prospective student-athletes and their high school or two-year college coaches during the dead period. What does that mean? That means they can't come in on free tickets to watch the game, even if they're not going to be hosted or seen by anybody in the football program whatsoever. I think there's, a, you know, we've seen some of the tweets. I think uh, my good buddy Michael Carvel showed you, showed you some of the tweets. I want, I want to pull you to this one, point you to this one from uh, UC Davis which is um, obviously, I believe they're the banana slugs of Pulp Fiction uh, fame. Um, UC Davis compliance, I may have that with UC Santa Cruz. I may have that mixed up, but uh, there's a good graphic right here about the temporary dead period. What's permissible? 
general correspondence, email, text messages, phone calls, telephone calls to two-year college prospective student athletes, but impermissible. No on or off campus contacts, no on or off campus evaluations. That means like we, we, we said on Brandon Adams' program last week, that a lot of people get confused with the dead period. And that means <clears throat> essentially no recruits can come in and visit unofficially or, or officially on campus for games to see practice whatsoever. That's really only one, one half of the apple right here. The other half of the apple here is that that means no coaches with the dead period, no in-person recruiting contact. That means they can't go see the guys at practice. They can't go see the players at games. They can't have that key in-person evaluation. Certainly is going to make things difficult for the early enrollees. Certainly going to make things a little murky for the early sign period, signing period as well. And really, if they lift the death period, the, the dead dead period on January the one, January one, which they won't, because everybody's got to get through their bowl games, which is I believe is January the seventh, January the eighth, um, and that's when everything started up. And you traditionally had three weeks of recruiting until the national signing day, the traditional national signing day in February. And folks, that's just going to be a barn burner. If the green light goes on, recruiting is going to kind of look like the Indy 500. I think there's some very smart folks out there that are just looking at this highly unusual recruiting cycle as it stands right now, where all this is going to likely have to take place through basically speed dating or Wi-Fi connections. I think there will be uh, more misses in this class. I think there will be more hidden gems in this class. I think there were more players who would eventually have gotten found uh, in the 2021 cycle, much like Georgia offered and ended up signing about five guys in the 2020 class, the number one class for 2020. Georgia ended up finding five guys like that after their senior seasons were over. Now that's going to be very hard to do, and it's going to be very hard for any schools, let's say LSU, for example, they want to keep their priority recruits in state. It's going to be very hard for LSU to put all that home cooking Death Valley on a Saturday night, that bonding that happens with recruits, coaches and players of a, of a certain class from a state makes it very hard for all those traditional bonds to form now going forward. Whew. I think I said a mouthful right there, but that is some big news. It kept getting, it kept getting extended and extended. Now. And now, folks, when we look at the calendar year 2020 for recruiting, there were three weeks in January where – um, where recruits could go on campus. That was the 2020 class, the 2021 class, the 2022 class. So there were three weeks there, and a lot of that was handling the business for the 2020 cycle. There were three weeks there where there was recruiting that took place on college campuses in the year 2020. Then there was a dead period for basically the whole month of, month of February. Kirby Smart had spoken about that how um, it was supposed to give coaches relief. It was supposed to give coaches a break where they would have the chance to um, see their families or catch a breath from the busy, um, the torrid pace of the 2020 cycle. Well, now with that dead period, you combine it with the coronavirus, you combine it. Georgia actually was on spring break that first weekend in March. Now, there were some recruits selectively that came in and visit. Dylan Fairchild is one that um, comes to mind there who got a you know, a down low, a really quick, impersonal visit without all the bells and whistle whistles of a normal junior day weekend. He got in in March, but very few did. And then ever since March 12th, March 13th, when Georgia was going to kick into high gear, that's when the breaks were applied by the NCAA. There was no 
in person, off campus, on campus recruiting allowed once COVID-19 hit. And now here we are, September the 16th, now extends out to January the 1st. You're looking at basically three weeks of this cycle, the University of Georgia um, and other schools maybe only had four weeks this cycle, this entire calendar year where they've had a chance to recruit the 2021 class, um, get to know the 2022 class and introduce themselves to the 2023 class. Busy, busy. Uh, that's a big news story right there. I think it radically is now going to stamp the entire 2021 cycle in re of recruiting into something decidedly different. Want to know how everybody feels about that. L lend me your thoughts on Facebook, on YouTube. How does that sit with everybody? Do you think this benefits Georgia? Do you think it doesn't benefit Georgia? I actually think it benefits Georgia because a lot of those big name targets that it wants um, are out of town or there's maybe a decided home field advantage against that. Here's what's going to have to take place. Um, a lot of those impromptu Brock Bowers, that Mason Smith visit with Corey Foreman, Xavier Sori, Terry and Arnold that Georgia took earlier this year. I think all those things are going to have to become the norm. And you're going to see a lot of young men either commit, realize the visits are not going to happen. The official visits are not going to happen. I mean, all the early enrollees, point blank period, are not going to get any official visits in this cycle. Crazy to think about that. Um, but, you know, they're going to have to make these visits on their own where they just come to campus by themselves, uh, meet up with other guys. Brock Vandegrift has been a huge asset for Georgia in that realm. The fact that he lives in Athens, Georgia, could not have been planned or fingers couldn't have been crossed any better for the University of Georgia with this unique set of circumstances. That is our opening topic for tonight on Before the Hedges brought to you by Kroger. Now, kind of our feature, kind of our, our anchor content for tonight. Um, very recently, about maybe a couple of weeks ago, we've had a busy week. We've had a busy slate of guests uh, had the chance to sit down or stand up and chat with, I think, maybe the most ginormous name of the 2022 recruiting class for Georgia, a young man that's been working tirely, tirelessly for the 2022 class. He's also easily one of the very best cornerback prospects in the country. I'm talking about Marquis, Marquise Groves Killebrew. That's out of Brookwood High School in Snellville, Georgia. We spent some time chatting with him. I got to know him. Now it's your turn here on Before the Hedges to get to know MGK as well. Let's take a listen and see what Marquise had to say. So Marquise, I want you to think back to, I guess, what has it been, three months now? Yeah. When you chose Georgia? What was the reason why then? Is it, and is it still the reason why now, or is it something else? Yeah, just having a relationship, Coach Kirby, Coach Warren, and it just growing on up, and I'm just, it was just a home feeling. I got a great feeling I was there from the coaches. When you talk to guys now about wanting to come join the class, what's yeah. your, how do you do it? Are you low key, or are you hardcore in the paint with it, or I'm what do you? Going, I'm getting all of them. I'm going to get all of them, even the ones I know that's committed. I'm still on them. Still on them, huh? Still on them. So the chances of you not being a part of this Georgia class, are, are, are those the chances of me beating you in a race? Yeah, definitely. So, something like that? Definitely. Um, what are you telling guys? 
I'm telling you, let's, let's go win the national Talk championship for Georgia. Yeah, let's go make something happen. This might be the toughest question I ask you. I give you three picks that you can add to the 2022 class. Yeah. Which three do you want those to be? Like three players? Do you need five? Or, uh, yeah. I don't get you in trouble with any boys. I'm going to say my boy Dan Martin, Gunner Stockton, Smoke Boy. Those three? Yeah. Why? Uh, all of them good athletes. I've been knowing them, and I know they're in the state of Georgia. So I just feel like I can get them to come. So. What do you what do you think about Gunner? I mean, Gunner has narrowed it down to two. What what's your thoughts on that? Gunner, I've been telling him since we was like middle school. We had to play together in college, so I really want to play with him. I know he's a ball player. Sometimes you know you come across like Richard to me. When Richard was your age, he was saying these same same things to me. Yeah. Richard wanted to win. He wanted big rings and big things, but he also like really loved Georgia. Yeah. Are you that type? Or are you a kid that grew up loving Georgia? Like if I'd have found you three years ago and I said, where are you going to go? Let's put your answer in a time capsule and pull it out. Where, what would you have said? Growing up, see my, my dream school was LSU. So growing up, I was a big LSU fan. However, like when I moved down here, I started like watching Georgia and started liking them. But as growing up, I was an LSU fan. So you mentioned Daniel Martin. That's yeah. a guy you've played with for forever. I remember yeah. talking to you about him at Terrence's camp that day. You yeah. just guys just feed off each other, right? Smoke, right? Yeah. Is he an is he a wide receiver? Is he a corner? Is he a safety? What is he? He's going to play college, right? Corner. Why? Uh, I think that's what do you think COVID has affected this class, your 2022 class, or did guys already get a good look at Georgia? I say maybe for some kids, but like for people I know, I'm reaching out to them, making sure I stay on them, make sure they got Georgia in the conversation. So, not really. Uh, I, I made sure I know I could pronounce his last name right. Bake, tell me about Bake? tell me about Sam. What could he potentially add to the class? Sam's gonna add a deep ball threat to our class. Some like the George Pickens that can go up and get it. Fade balls, real good receiver. We had to compare like cars, yeah. the 2019 Marquise mm -hmm. to the 2020 Marquise. You know, every year they have new upgrades, yeah. new wrinkles. What's different in the player that's going to take the field as a junior than the guy that trotted out last year? Uh, first, I'm going to be playing both sides this year, so I'm going to get the help on the offensive side and the defensive side. And second off, I'm going to be more of a leader for my team. What do you think you like best about Georgia? What keeps you committed to Georgia? Or is that a, are you a guy that they still have to talk to and keep warm? Or I mean, they don't have to, but I still talk to Coach Warren, Coach Mark, once every week. I still keep in contact with them, but they don't really got to do that. And I'm all in already. Can you recreate for me what it was like when you committed? Like, did you do it? Did you just call them up? And what were the reactions like? See, I called Coach Warren. And he was talking for a minute. We talked for like 30 minutes. He probably ain't even seen it. So he didn't even see it coming. We were just talking. I was just asking him some questions. And I just came out and told him I was going to commit. And committed. And he was thrilled, just yelling, all that. Just, you can't believe it. Did he say something like, well, Marquise, you're lucky because we will take your commitment right now or something like that? He was like, what? Like, are you serious? He was like, he was real pumped. What was Kirby's reaction? I know Kirby's had a million guys commit to him. And, yeah. But what was his reaction when you did? He was fired up. He was ready for me to be the leader of this class and lead the class and get all the good players in the state and around the country in my class. Mean something to you to be called the leader of the class? Definitely.
how many calls or I don't know hours a week are you working on this class if you had to think about it are you putting in like always like like I'm always talking to people in my class even around the country you got group chats all that I'm always on trying to get everybody come what do you do when the coaches say Marquise we want this guy just saw his film what springs into action? What's your mindset like that when he tells you, hey, we need to get on him? Yeah, I immediately like try to hit him up, like come close to him, let him know what Georgia got to benefit for them. Hold up. So I was looking through my archives and I had a picture of you at the Notre Dame game last year. Notre Dame? You were oh, the- yeah, 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 yeah. Were- were you feeling Georgia then, or did something happen between September and then when you committed? I mean, I was feeling Georgia. Like, I wasn't thinking, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to commit here. But, like, I was definitely feeling them. Like, it's a top five school at the time. When did What was the X factor? When did you say this is what – what was the trigger when you knew you were going to be a Bulldog? Yes, man, they just kept on – we stayed in contact, kept on talking, and I was just looking what was best for me. And I was just like, Georgia's the place for me. All right, guys, that was Marquise Groves Killebrew of the 2022 class. And certainly he's a guy that's going to be working hard, working tirelessly for the 2022 class. I spoke to Dion Smoke Bowie, who's a five-star cornerback in the 2022 class. Dion was a guy out of Bainbridge. That's Kirby Smart's high school that basically he says he hears from Marquise Groves Killebrew about all the time, um, asking it to, him to commit, imploring him to commit basically trying to act like Tom Cruise and a few good men, getting him to commit with that persuasive argument. But that's just me telling you how it is. Why don't we check out this visual of how it actually goes down? And for that, um, uh, we have another brief interview here. It's a quick conversation with Brookwood junior wide receiver, Sam Bakke. Uh, Sam is actually a member of the 2022 class as well. He, um, all-American Bowl already committed to that. Big-time six-foot-three receiver. Deeply coveted by Georgia. He also has a strong interest in Georgia as well. I asked him, we had some fun here on this one, to give me his impersonation or just to recreate what it was like to hear Marquise Groves Killebrew, his own teammate, recruit him about committing to the G. I think you're going to like this one. So I'm going to – I don't know what type of actor you are, but I know you got some charisma. <laughs> I want you to – channel your Denzel Washington and I want you to act like Marquise acts when he tries to get you to go to Georgia what what does he say what does he act like all right how does he act yeah all right this is the face on yo commit come on commit you playing come on commit commit what you waiting on commit yeah and that's what he does huh yeah all the time and what do you say I mean I'm like yeah it's coming or I don't know I'm just still exploring my options right now does it seem like he's really passionate about that? Yeah, he's real passionate about George. I can say that. He, and he's determined to get the number one class. I'm sure he will get the number one class. All right, guys. Wasn't that funny right there? Basically what it's like and how uh, Marquise Groves Killebrew commits for the University of Georgia. Pretty telling there when uh, Sam, I asked Sam if he thinks that uh, MGK's desired goal of being number one in class for 2022 was going to come to fruition. And that was a pretty decided answer right there from his teammate there at Brookwood High School. Good stuff there. If you guys are just joining us, spoke about the top of the hour. I want to say thanks to everybody joining us on the podcast, on the iTunes platform, on Spotify, on SoundCloud, YouTube, Facebook, everybody. Um, Our program is 
brought to you guys each and every week by Kroger. Um, we're going to jump into our kind of normal content right here for a second. Um, and that's something that we start off every week with. Um, one of our staples of our show each week, that would be the 2021 top targets. I'm um, going to have some uh, going to have a little bit of fluctuation in this this week's list. Not too great, but um, the recent decommitment of Elijah Judy certainly creates a new name in the top 10 top targets in my mind's eye for the week of November. Excuse me, for the week of week of September uh, 16th, 2020. The new number name is actually committed to a number another school. That would be four star outside linebacker Dallas Turner. We know anything about Georgia. They still need an outside linebacker commitment in this class. I feel the way this program recruits, they do not go down the board. They go up the board. They continue to recruit their uh, type of target that can push the two deep, can challenge for a starting spot immediately. I think that's the All-American out of uh, St. Thomas Aquinas out of Fort Lauderdale. He committed to Alabama earlier in the cycle, um, but I'm sure Georgia will not relent or let up with the pursuit of Dallas Turner. Um, in the 2021 recruiting cycle. At number nine, we have Donovan Edwards. Uh, he moves down uh, one spot this week, but Donovan Edwards out of West Bloomfield. I would look now with this new finality of no visits are going to happen. I would look for Donovan Edwards to start making some of those independent trips on his own. You want to think about Michigan there. You want to think about Oklahoma. You want to think about Georgia. Um, Donovan would be a great compliment to Lavassier Carroll in this class. Um, but that said, I think Georgia – has models and has mock classes put together on its board where they can get by with just one running back recruit in the 2022 cycle. Um, Donovan Edwards there. I think Oklahoma will be big there. Oklahoma, should they get a commitment from Kamar Wheaton, the five-star running back out of Texas? I think that would eliminate Oklahoma from consideration or steep consideration for Donovan Edwards and create an even bigger chance for Georgia for the uh, very – uh, impressive all-around, all-purpose back out of Michigan. Number eight, Smile Munden Jr. out of Dallas, Georgia. Um, his season is well underway. Georgia has been consistently in the mix in, in his decision out of Dallas, Georgia. Um, Smile Munden Jr., um, inside, inside linebacker for Georgia, rated as an outside linebacker, a five-star in the state of Georgia. We put together a stat this week looking at five stars in the state of Georgia when we put together the last piece of our Mason Smith series on dognation.com. And uh, in the state of Georgia, eight out of the last, uh, out of the last uh, 22 prospects that were rated as a five-star in the state of Georgia, um, the Bulldogs have only signed eight out of the last 22. Um, number seven, Tyrion Ingram Dawkins out of Gaffney, South Carolina. TID is what everybody knows, knows him as in the Dog Nation forum. TID, is he's tweeted out um, recently that he is getting closer to setting his commitment date. Certainly seems like South Carolina, Tennessee, and Georgia as the final three. I think he's got North Carolina in, in his final four. Number six, he's staying strong at number six this week, Mason Smith. Hope everybody got to see the last piece of our story. We actually have writ wrote, written up and published three different stories about uh, uh, Mason Smith, Georgia's chances. You know, he, he reviewed those back-to-back -back Georgia LSU self-guided visits with some other key recruits from, from each class on the target board. Um, I gave you nine things to know, which I think will uniquely shape his recruiting. And then finally, the story published on Monday, I believe, was um, how Mason Smith 
resuscitated, actually revived Georgia's recruiting um, interest in him. Uh, number five, Xavier Sori Jr. Um, he's out of Graceville, Florida, at an ING Academy. Xavier Sori is actually getting his All-American Bowl jersey right now in one of those virtual ceremonies. Man, wild year this 2020 uh, cycle, 2020 calendar year has been for the 2021 cycle. I used to go and visit all these prospects in their high schools. The band would play, the cheerleaders would play, mom and dad would get an award. Now they just do it all over Zoom and they present them their jer jerseys virtually on a studio show. Um, number four, Nylon Green. Hey, uh, shout out and heads up to uh, uh, Newton High School in, in Newton, Georgia, in Covington area. Um, they resumed their season after it looked like there was a little bit of a hiccup in whether or not they were going to get to start on time like everyone else. Uh, number three, Terrian Arnold out of uh, St. Paul, excuse me, John Paul II Catholic in Tallahassee. Still staying strong at number three. Number two, Corey Foreman. A lot of talk about Corey Foreman on the Dog Nation forum. That Sintel guy gave a couple of updates on the forum uh, message board this week. Uh, shout out to Sofa so, so Dog as well. South Florida Dog is what I kind of refer to him as in my, in my brain, but um, he's been sharing some interesting content as well um, as one of our most dedicated and trusted users on that board. Um, number one, Amarius Mims, Bleckley County, Cochrane, Georgia, wrote a story about him today, which was kind of emptying the reporter's notebook. Why did I do that? Um, I just wanted to try and make like we always do here to define Amarius Smith um, as something more than just a five star recruit, the six foot eight kid. I wanted to tell the story about what type of player he would be like if he was only six foot three, um, if he didn't have all these stars, he didn't have all this recruiting accolades. Um, I wanted to show the reader out there, the Dog Nation reader, the Dog Nation viewer, how much of a winner he is, how badly he wants to win, um, how much football means to him, how he's going to use that as a vehicle to change his life. All of that was in there in that piece today on Amarius Mims. I hope you guys have got a chance to check it out. And with that, I think we've reached kind of the, the midpoint, the medium of our show. We've talked about, gotten a chance to meet Marquise Groves Killebrew. We've gotten a chance to talk about the newest major NCA legislation at the top of our show. Now's the time when I guess the bands will play or we'll, we'll take a second. We're going to take a quick minute here and uh, offer up this great message from our fine partners here on Before the Hedges each and every Wednesday night. That, of course, would be Kroger. We'll get back to the show in just a moment, but first, a quick word from Kroger. Kroger has made shopping for the groceries and household essential items that you need even easier by offering free pickup. Just shop online, choose a pickup time convenient for you, and Kroger will carefully pick out your order and bring it to your vehicle when you arrive. So the next time you're ready to shop at Kroger, take advantage of the free pickup. It's just another way that Kroger is fresh for everyone. There you go. There you go right there. Another, um, you see that Kroger grocery store there, and it just makes you hungry for dessert or something. Um, let's take a look. I want to take a moment now to move to the Georgia commitment list. Of course, as we mentioned earlier, before our top targets, Elijah Judy decommitted from Georgia. He told me, um, you know, I was just reaching out to him for his side of the story. He told me uh, very briefly, and all I really need to hear that he will not be taking or answering any questions on his decommitment. We'll get a little bit more into that in a second. Um, but that leaves Georgia with just 15 public commits. Notice I did say public commits there. 
Um, they fell from number eight nationally to number 11 nationally with the loss of Judy from the class. Uh, Judy was a, a top 175-ish prospect. He was the nation's number 10 weak side defensive end. Who does that leave? Well, let's look at those 15 names really briskly right now. Brock Vandegrift, everybody saw everything from him Friday night uh, up in Rabin County. Uh, I thought he, he was very mature in his outlook on how he looked at his performance on that game and how his Prince Avenue Christian Wolverines will use that um, furnace of an environment to get better. Micah Morris, his ratings stay the same. The same thing for David Daniel. Recently celebrated his one-year anniversary as a Georgia commit. That is a very tough thing to do. Dylan Fairchild spoke to him recently as well. He's down one. Brock Bavassier. Uh, Jonathan Jefferson moved up slightly. Jamon Dumas-Johnson, inside linebacker, um, stayed relatively the same. There's Nugget Warren, Chas Chambliss. And there's a big name coming here at the end of this. Adonai Mitchell, uh, up one, Jared Wilson, Marlon Dean, who's also with Xavier Sori and Lavoisier Carroll at IMG Academy. Javon Bullard as well. Javon Bullard announced something this week. He's going to move. He's going to be enrolling early at the University of Georgia. But Jackson Meeks, I'm going to look at this last name right here really quickly. Jackson Meeks. And, folks, this is something I've never seen in my years uh, covering Georgia recruiting up to this point. Uh, Jackson Meeks. Look at that. Look at those numbers right now. He moves up 62 spots to the nation's number 112 receiver. And then he moves up 544 spots to number 752 overall. Jackson Meeks, you remember that story? He missed all but four games of his sophomore year with a, an ACL injury. He wore a brace and only played at about 80%, was behind some talented seniors as a junior. He's, he's fully recovered. He's two years away from the surgery now. Um, that gave him a chance to um, – Take the knee brace off. He's just putting up video game numbers right now for Central Phoenix City. Um, and he has moved up 544 slots from 1,196 was where he was rated at the time he committed. Why is that important to me? Because, guys, there's only one person on this Georgia commitment board right now that's even rated um, higher than number 544 overall. Georgia simply just not does not recruit guys, does not take commitments from guys that are rated that far down the spectrum on the 24-7 sports composite ratings, you see a jump of 544 slots. That's only possible for one other name on this board to jump up 544 slots. I've never seen that before in my time covering Georgia recruiting. Um, also, everybody wants to know about timelines. We've installed this into our show about a couple months ago. Um, some names that Georgia's still looking at, Kamari Lassiter, to be determined there. He was – I was looking for him to make his commitment late August, September. Tyrion Ingram Dawkins, he has said that his commitment date is coming soon. Shamar Turner, man, if you saw those pictures of him on social media, 285 pounds, certainly looks like a stout, another defensive line target, another defensive line prospect for Georgia, um, especially how cut up he looked at 285. Amarius Mims, October 14th, everybody knows that date by now. Nyland Green, he told me that he wanted to make his decision at the midpoint of his senior year, so it sounds like he's got a couple more weeks to go in a busy month of October. It could certainly be for the University of Georgia. Donovan Edwards, Smile Monday Jr., I think that's going to be a December signing period decision. Same thing for Xavier Sori. Mason Smith will make his decision on December the 16th. These are all early enrollees. The aforementioned Corey Foreman. I think Terry and Arnold is the only one name on this board that could go, could go all the way to the traditional signing period. He will not be enrolling early. 
at least Tarion might get a chance at some official visits unless the NCA extends the dead period even longer. I think if they extend the dead period even longer, I think they will also maybe they will also back up. They will also move back the uh, traditional early signing period as well. Uh, those are everything, the, the food groups, the bases we usually cover each week on Before the Hedges. I want to take a chance now to go over a few tweets, um, some things of interest I want to bring to your uh, mind right now. Um, let me see. First off, let's get the two Elijah Judy tweets up. The first one is where he explains um, about his decommitment from Georgia, and it was very unique how he did this. He didn't have an edit. He didn't have a graphic. He didn't have a flip or anything else like that, even though there's a lot of crystal ball traffic pointing to Texas A&M. But um, Elijah Judy says he was addressing rumors that he was speculation that he would be decommitting from Georgia, and he did decommit from Georgia. That was his first tweet. His second tweet that he followed that up with is that he will be making his final decision known on signing day. Um, the next one I want you to I want to show you is this tweet here from Elijah. Uh, Ganey, Elijah Ganey, uh, excuse me, Elijah Griffin, excuse me. Now, why is this significant? I'm going to tell you why. This is a eighth grader. Um, my son is in the seventh grade, and this makes me feel a little bit old to know that there is an eighth grader out of Savannah, Georgia, goes to, goes to Savannah Christian, 6'5", 270-ish, defensive tackle, still in middle school, already got a body like that, already got a frame like that. Um, he has an offer from the University of Georgia, his in-state school there. Uh, I mean, what else can you say there but great googly moogly? That is insane how uh, Elijah Griffith out of Savannah, already an eighth grader, has a Georgia offer. His first offer, he's about 6'5", about 270. Um, I want to take you to this tweet from Hillcrest Tuscaloosa coach um, Sam Adams. Love that name, of course, but Sam shared something that I think a lot of recruits could pay keen attention to. This is a questionnaire he got from the Las Vegas Raiders where Mike Mayock, everybody remembers his name from the NFL draft stuff. Well, he's now the general manager of the Las Vegas Raiders. Sends a questionnaire, wants to know about what was Brian Robinson like? He's probably on their board for Alabama at, at Hillcrest Tuscaloosa High School in Tuscaloosa. He wants to know what, what coaching did he respond to? Was he on time? What was he like? What were his grades like? What were his lifts like? What were his time like, times like? What Character traits were, were there to be identified at an early age. And folks, if you, if you, if you want to know, uh, you know, from, from my time as a reporter, a lot of times I'll get messages from scouts about, hey, what was this guy like to interview? What was it like, this guy like to talk to? What was his family life like? What did you learn when you, you wrote this in-depth story about the young man? The NFL is a multi-million dollar business. They sign out these $40, $50 million contracts. And they want to make sure that they put the time in to make sure that is a sound investment. Uh, very good picture right there. Um, this tweet right here I want to bring up is from Ross Dellinger. Um, great reporter, covers um, national college football scene for uh, Sports Illustrated. Ross Dellinger, one of the things he covers is the name, image, and likeness um, legislation that's happening through Congress. We're on our fourth. I believe we just finished our fourth one this week. This was with the Education Committee. The University of Tennessee, per Senator Lamar Alexander, who used to be the former president of the University of Tennessee, now he's a Republican senator out of Tennessee, they estimated that the University of Tennessee spends about $115,000 a year on an athlete. That's tuition, that's board, 
that's weight training, that's feeding, that's housing, that's everything that, that the University of Tennessee is supposed to spend on an athlete um, per year. It was interesting to see that boiled down and distilled in quite that manner. Um, want to take you to this tweet right here. This is that what that Sintel guy tweeted out. It's an abbreviated version. Brock Vandegrift versus um, Gunnar Stockton. Man, that was a great football game. I'd been starving for it. I know you guys had too. You probably saw it on ESPNU and you watched it. Take a quick look at uh, like some of the scenery that we were able to, to pull out of that game. You saw the coin flip. You saw Brock warming up. I tell you, there's something must be up with the Dog Nation cameras because they make sure that Brock Vandegrift looks jacked every time we see him. Like he had his Flintstone vitamins. He ate his vegetables, made sure he drank his milk that day, his whey protein, whatever you call it. Look at him warming up right there. And this is what I want to take you to right here. What I will always remember about this game, besides the way both young men played before they wind up eventually starting for Georgia, starting for South Carolina, coin flip right here. Look at them flipping a coin. You've got um, Inner Sandman from Metallica in the background. Look how Brock Vandergriff towers over Gunnar Stockton. Gunnar's listed at six foot one. I think he's about five foot 11, six feet. Brock looks about six foot three there as well. Just great, great stuff right there. This tweet right here from Javon Bullard, where is where he announces that he is going to be early enrolling at the University of Georgia. And lastly, which one of our of our tweets of the week where we want to take you a look at right here? I want you to look at this recruit of the week. New edit, it looks like, that's been concocted by the University of Georgia's digital graphics uh, wizards there. They have named an offensive recruit of the week. They've honored Jackson Meeks for what he did as the uh, – as a central Phoenix red devil, I think he had a couple of touchdowns, caught a couple of big catches. One of those I believe was a major double coverage right there, but look at there right there. That was something new we've seen for Georgia, probably doing a little bit more than it ever has before because of the unique structure of pandemic recruiting during COVID-19. There you have a neat little graphic there from uh, Jackson Meeks. Had to get a swing of, swig of water right there. Um, I've reserved about the last six or seven minutes for questions. Um, I'm thankful to my guy, Michael, that's working this for me right now. He's been able to kind of help me um, with a couple of questions and kind of chronicle a few of them for me, make sure I didn't miss any of them. Kenneth Wiggins, the second, wants to know, I've got two ovens. Uh, I think that's two ovens. Actually, it's not. It's a microwave up top. Uh, it's a full oven down in the bottom. Doctor, talk about that full service question and answers here on Before the Hedges. Donta Green wants to know, will James Williams take a visit? Nope, James Williams is not going to take a visit. He's going to enroll early. Um, definitely not for an unofficial visit. If he wanted to take a self-guided visit and come up to Georgia on his own, he certainly is within his power to do so. But I highly doubt it because he definitely believes in, what, in what's happening in the 305 down there with Miami and Dade County. Uh, Mike? Log or Lage wants to know, I think this is a comment and a question. So the NCAA is really not about helping prospective student athletes pick a school without ever visiting or meeting your coach in person. Crazy. I think what this will do is this will um, really reinforce in a lot of recruits mind that they need to start figuring out their decision process and doing their, their, their survey, their discovery as early in the junior period as possible, because you never know what might happen. I'm sure a lot of the seniors now that, um, got out and about and saw six, seven, eight schools as a junior. They feel a lot more comfortable comfortable about making this decision now without official visits. 
or unofficial visits as well. Question from Mark Morris. He wants to know about will the event Brock Vandegrift put together a few weeks ago be allowed under this criteria? Mark, that's a good question. And yes, they will. Um, Because really it has nothing to do with the schools. They're not on campus. Um, They're not in the facilities. They're not meeting face-to-face with coaches. They're not, you know, meeting face-to-face with players on campus. Um, They're just in the city of Athens. They're walking around the campus like anybody's allowed to do, like any person is allowed to do right now with masks on, of course. They can go eat dinner downtown. They can go hang out at the lake. They can go fishing all day and stink up the back truck bed like Brock Vandegrift, Mason Smith, Terry and Arnold, Lavoisier Carroll, um, Amarius Mims, Corey Foreman, um, all those guys did back there as well. Um, you saw LSU took a visit quite like that at the same time. Oklahoma took one the same time Georgia did. Did I think that will become the norm. I think you'll see a lot of schools um, having to do that to make sure they reinforce their classes and make sure that they let their maybe their prospective players and future teammates do a lot of the major recruitings. Um, uh, Chad Buchanan wants to know, what's my feel on Foreman at the moment? Chad, I put this in the uh, Dog Nation forum earlier today. Um, a lot of speculation out there. All I can say is this. I, I can't imagine the University of Georgia at this time being in any better shape right now for both Corey Foreman and Mason Smith than they are right now. I know there's a lot of meat left on that bone. I know there's a lot of recruiting stuff still left to do, a lot of text messages, a lot of stuff getting down in the group thread, probably more unofficial visits as well. Um, But considering pandemic recruiting with a young man deep in the bayou of Louisiana, a package deal with a young man from uh, California as well, who's even not, not even playing high school football right now, I think um, where Georgia's at right now, I think they could not they could not be in much better shape. I think with Corey Foreman, um, Georgia just needs to show him that it can facilitate his dreams, and that's a high top five, top ten draft pick. They want, I think Georgia, and we've talked about this on a lot on the Dog Nation forum. Georgia needs to show Corey Foreman that it can create that havoc, that it can get to the passer, and guys like Jermaine Johnson, Aziz Ojolari, and Nolan Smith can all put up seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 sack seasons this year and just be and just be affecting the quarterback and collapsing those pockets a lot better. Um, there you go right there. Uh, Joel Moody wants to know, if I had to predict uh, where Georgia um, finishes in this recruiting cycle, what number do I think they finish at? You know, Joel, I think I've gotten that question, hadn't gotten it in a couple of weeks and I've re- upgraded my answer. I was going from three to four. Now I think Georgia is firmly two or three with a shot at number one. I think some good things have been happening uh, um, in uh, in Athens over the last few years. Uh, going through some questions right now. Um, Noah Sheldon uh, had a dream where Elijah Judy, Noah Garrett, Miles Garrett, excuse me. I think I've answered the Corey Foreman question for you, Stacy Moreland. Um, 
Daniel Lewis Shelton wants to know is if Carson is as good as everyone says, Brock will definitely sit for at least two years. Uh, well, that's the one thing. I mean, the, 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 the Vandegrift family made it, made it pretty plain that they understand competition is a part of college football. Um, and, uh, they knew that when JT Daniels was coming in, they knew that when Carson Beck was there and when, um, Dwan Mathis was there as well. Let me see. Try to take care of a lot of questions I see on the feed. Uh, Chad Buchanan, how are you? Noah Sheldon, I'm still going to say, how are you? Uh, Donta Green, how are you doing? Um, shout out to everybody on the Facebook feed. Um, Robert Reynolds is listening to this and eating steak. Robert, I hope you got that from the meat counter at Kroger. Um, Kenneth Wiggins predicts that big things are coming. Uh, Philip Jordan Wells, man, I tell you what, I need more graphics on this show and more pictures on this show. If you guys are all looking at my, uh, my fixtures and appliances. Tell me, guys, let me pull your – I need somebody to be the weatherman for me. you getting rain. I'm getting rain. I wanted to be out on my back deck tonight, but I was getting so much rain. Um, how's everybody else doing in terms of rain uh, tonight as well? Um, let's see. All right, guys. Um Aaron Anderson, uh, making a comment about my internet. Aaron, you wouldn't believe this, man, but I have gigabit internet. If I put my uh, uh, thing on speed test right now, especially uh, downstairs uh, in, in the middle of my home, um, my router and everything is my internet hub is downstairs in the basement. Um, but uh, I mean, I'm probably pulling, probably probably pulling 300 download, 200 upload. Um, and that's off Wi-Fi. If I was hardwired, my, uh, my uh, internet service provider would give me a you know full uh, you know gigabyte per second upload download. <laughs> everybody's everybody's noting my uh, internet speed though, um, but. Um, Robert E. Felice has a question. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of – Robert, almost almost all of them are, are early enrollees. There's going to be a heavy load of early enrollees. I know uh, Fairchild is not an early enrollee. Bullard is an early enrollee. Daniel is an early enrollee. Um, Vandegrift is an early enrollee. Lavoisier Carroll is an early enrollee. Marlon Dean is an early enrollee. Jonathan Jefferson is an early enrollee. Michael Morris is an early enrollee. Amarius Mims, should he choose Georgia, would be an early enrollee. Um, Smile Munden would not be an early enrollee if he chose Georgia. Um, rolling through the list, uh, Adani Mitchell would be an early enrollee. Jackson Meeks would not be an early enrollee. Um, I believe in, you know, quick, you know, shooting from the hip right there. That's a good picture of what the early enrollees would look like. Um, a lot of those big guys would be coming. A lot of those potential linemen. Corey Foreman, should he choose Georgia? Mason Smith, should he choose Georgia? Um, I think those guys would all be early enrollees as well. Guys, it has been another night of Before the Hedges. Thank those good folks at Kroger the next time you go around and fill your shopping basket up with goodness. 
get that click list humming. I hope you guys learned something tonight. Hope you guys enjoyed the chance to hear from Marquise Groves Killer Brew in the 2022 class tonight. Hope that Sam Baquet, a person, Baquet personation made you laugh a little bit. I know it made me laugh. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed everything from another edition of Before the Hedges. Can't wait to talk to you guys again next week. Remember, cover for tomorrow on uh, all the Dog Nation platforms as well. Remember that new 7.30 time. Remember, if you can't catch all the podcasts tonight, you can catch it on the iTunes platform, the Apple podcast platform. You can catch it on Spotify, catch it on SoundCloud. You can come back, come back and catch it on your Facebook or YouTube feeds as well. From all of us at DogNation.com, including my man Michael uh, Carvel behind the glass, hope you enjoyed our program tonight. We'll see everybody really soon on the pages of dognation.com. Peace out, everybody. Let's go. I'm a bulldog. So Georgia, who won't pick it? I love the family atmosphere and the way they handle business. Education is important. Trying to reach the next level. I want the best in life. I never settle. 